You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to another edition of Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you from our holiday block party with a gift to our loyal audience. Uh, We've had a lot of positive reception to some of the conversations we've released over the past year and change with hitters from the Muppet world. I think more than 100 episodes into Break a Bat, you know how, how much the whole Jim Henson universe means to me. And that's certainly the case this time of year as we celebrate the holidays. Tonight, I want to introduce you all to a very special hitter who, in many ways, is kind of like the Michael K of the Muppet fandom. He is the voice of the fan. For those of you that are familiar with the website Tough Pigs, it's the premier destination for Muppet fans who grew up. Our guest tonight is the website's co-owner and editor-in-chief, who I think is as knowledgeable and hilarious and objective as they come. So as a gift to all of our listeners tonight, I thought it would be really fun to talk uh, some Muppet Holiday Productions with someone who knows them best. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to Home Plate. Just beyond the marquee, now batting, Joe Hennis. Joe, what's up, brother? Hey, Al. Good to see you. Good to be here. I appreciate it. I'm glad that... uh, I'm glad that we're not actually talking about baseball because my baseball knowledge is so very, very limited. Um, I have been to a baseball game. Uh, I could talk about that day, but no, I'd much rather talk about Muppets. Singular game. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go on a whim. (laughs) Was it the Cleveland then at the time Indians? Because I know you're an Ohio kid originally, right? Yeah, I know. I am. I am a Cleveland guy and uh, I actually do like going to to baseball games. I I live in New York now and I've been to to the Mets and um, I'm actually I am actually a fan of going to minor league baseball games. So I've been to the Brooklyn Cyclones a few times. Uh, which is pretty fun. And I mean, this would be not at all surprising. I'm also a big fan of uh, just the the concept of um, uh, mascots. So, you know, I've been like that guy that's like, I got to find Slider. I need a picture with Slider today before I leave the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it was Bonnie Erickson who designed the Philly Fanatic. And she, she I, did, yeah, yeah. So she's done that one. And, I, and you know, back in the day, they, it was only a three year stint, but the Yankees had a mascot called Dandy. And I'm pretty sure that someone in the workshop designed that one too. And it, it looked like a Muppet. It, it looked like a Muppet going around 
the upper deck and everything. It was like kind of bizarre. It was before my time, but yeah, that was yeah, uh, that sounds familiar, sense. Dandy. I I uh, actually spent some time um, updating Bonnie Erickson's uh, Wikipedia page, and that was part of it. Was was like listing out all of the um, uh, the mascots that she's designed. I mean, I don't know if your listeners know who Bonnie Erickson is. Like, we're we're talking about her as if she's a celebrity <laughs> to anyone outside of our world, um, but. Bonnie was, uh, is still, she's still active, um, uh, a puppet designer. And she designed, I mean, notably, she designed the original Miss Piggy. She designed Statler Waldorf. She designed a few of the characters from like the Electric Mayhem, like a ton of Muppets, worked in the Muppet Workshop, ran the Muppet Workshop for years. And um, at one point when she decided like, you know, I kind of want to break out on my own and do my own thing. Like Jim Henson gave her, you know, everything that she needed and was super supportive, gave her the advice of, uh, Whatever you create, make sure that you own. And she uh, she did. She did pretty well for herself, especially with all those mascots. You know, they make a lot of money. Yeah. No, they certainly do. And uh, yeah, the... the uh, do you have a favorite that comes to mind as far as like any of the mascots from the stadiums that you've gone, uh, that you've gone to? I mean, be, being a Cleveland guy, I actually did like Slider very much. But, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is an easy answer, but like I am tickled by Gritty. <laughs> uh, I know it's not baseball, but that but gritty as uh, just as a mascot is is everything I want him to be. I'm trying to think like gritty. Oh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like yeah. those like kind of like crazy eyes, like looking yes. at the like, looking. Well, at and he's like, like specifically designed for like doing weird shit on social media. Like that's <laughs> it. Oh man, that's a good that's a good answer. I never I've never actually been to a Philadelphia Flyers game, but I'm gonna have to start following uh, gritty social feeds. But uh, man, I you know just to get back to uh, you for a moment, Joe, you've had a crazy busy year. I want to congratulate you t- celebrating 20 years of Tough Pigs, new website design, podcast, yeah. uh, banner year for you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's been crazy, and you know, in true Muppet form, you know, everything that we try to do, we we fail miserably. Um, so, you know, we, we celebrated our 20th anniversary. We launched this new website and, uh, uh, we, we are, uh, premiering the great Muppet mural, which we can also talk about if you want, but like, it's just this incredible piece that we put together with the help of 75 of our closest artist friends. And, uh, just as we do all that, the website completely crashes and it's down for like two weeks. So, you know, it's like, it's almost like the universe telling us like, don't get too big for your britches. You know, you're, you're just a Muppet fan site. <laughs> I remember that when that was happening. Could tell you the truth, I would, uh, I would like, I would try to log on and everything. And I think I saw you guys tweeted about it, but uh, it actually, I mean, the new layout and format and everything is just so awesome. And that mural absolutely came out great. You had like all these different artists doing these different characters around the Muppet Theater, right? Yeah. So uh, our, our good friend uh, James Carroll, who's a an artist and a graphic designer, uh, decided he wanted to do something with us to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Uh, we looped in some of our other artist friends like Dave Haltine and Kenny Durkin. And um, basically, the idea was, let's have a backdrop of the Muppet Theater. And let's just ask some of our artist friends to populate it with characters. And we had all these different characters, different styles. And so many people were so excited to be a part of this. We ended up with 75 artists and I think 260 some characters. Like, it's incredible how massive this thing is. And of course, like, we don't own any of these characters. We can't, like, sell merchandise. We can't, like, like sell this poster um, because we don't want Disney lawyers to come after us. Uh, but uh, so, like, it's really just a, this love letter to and from the fans. And, you know, I, I hope people go and find it uh, on our website and uh, 
honestly, just download the JPEG. We don't need to sell that NFT. Like that's 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 for you. That's free. Joe, it's awesome because honestly, you know what you just talked about is like it shows that you're all about the fans. You always have been. Let me ask you, what's the best and the worst part of the responsibility you have as the guy who runs the show and has such a prominent place in the fandom? Do you ever take a step back and think about that? Yeah, you know, the best part, and, and I mean, I really don't want to sound like I'm bragging, um, you know, because we've gotten to do some cool stuff. You know, we've gotten to like go to sets and meet characters, meet meet people and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't, that's not the reason I do it. It's just, that it's just a little perk. But every once in a while, you know, you meet somebody who, uh, you've loved your entire life. You've loved their work. You've you've basically just put them up on a pedestal, and not, like they're talking to you like a real person. Or you know, they even say like, "I want to work with you. I want to do something with you." And like, man, like the, like the recent one that happened to me, and I, I've known him for years. We've worked together on other stuff that is um, not public yet. But uh, Chris Surf, who was a Sesame Street songwriter from like 1970, like 1995. Yeah, I mean if. Chances are, you know, if you know a, like a classic Sesame Street song that sounds like a rock song, Chris wrote it. And he's awesome. I mean, he's the nicest guy. And, uh, you know, I, I saw him uh, probably a month or so ago, and he was just very adamant about, like, what are we doing together? We, we got to work together on something. I'm like, you wrote Telephone Rock. Like, I'm nobody compared to you. <laughs> put and, down the you know, ducky, just, too. That's another one. Yeah, yeah he co-wrote put, Puts on the Ducky with Norman Stiles. I mean, like, yeah, this guy is is a rock star to me. And the fact that he even knows me is is just baffling. So, yeah, so stuff like that. And, and I have gotten to meet some of the characters. Like I said, it's always a treat. Um, you know, I've gotten to interview some people like Frank Oz and Paul Williams and Carol Spinney and, you know, Jerry Nelson. I mean, if you know these names, you know that these are like the Beatles to us. You know, this is this is you know, top tier. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that stuff is definitely a trip. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm thinking hard about the worst part though. And like, there's definitely a burden to feeling an obligation to, um, you know, having to keep a website running, uh, you know, day to day. Thankfully I'm not doing it by myself. I have a couple of co-owners, uh, who do this with me, uh, Ryan Rowe and Jared Fairclough. But, uh, you know, it, it, you don't always like want to sit down and, and write about Muppets. Like, I know it sounds cool, but once you've been doing it for like over a decade, it kind of loses its 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 shine a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, and then there's also like I hate to say it because I love I love the fans and I love fandom, but like sometimes there's fans who don't like what you do and they're gonna tell you, and like that sucks, that stings. But uh, you know, that we're we're here for everybody. We got to listen to them. Yeah, but you don't take it personally, though. I've noticed that. It's not like you're you're not no. clapping back at like the haters on Twitter and stuff like that. Even on your forum, you're always clap. You just you brush it off, though. You're good at that because there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of folks out there, especially in the age of social media, where everyone wants a voice and wants to get in a soapbox. Uh, you've yeah. always been pretty good at tuning that out. I think. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I honestly, I, I I've never quite understood when there are people who are like. I got to delete my Twitter because everyone's coming at me. And it's like, well, have you considered just not reading what they're saying <laughs> or not caring? I, I, I mean, I'm okay. Not like when people, you know, like, so, okay, great example. I can talk about this because I feel very strongly about my position. Um, during the 2016 election, um, we wrote some stuff about Donald Trump, about how he does not represent any of the, uh, the values that we've, we've learned from being Muppet fans over the years. 
And we had people who were getting really upset about us, about getting political or about, you know, defending this guy that they kind of liked or whatever it was. I'm sorry, uh, uh, not defending him, but, uh, you know, decrying The opposite, him. ripping him, sure. Yeah, right. Um, and, uh, you know, the, it was hard for me to read those comments because I wanted to think more highly of our readers. But at the same time, it's like, but you know what, though? This is important to me and I'm going to keep saying it. And you, you can start your own Muppet fan site if you want. But, right. <laughs> but this yeah. is what we say. And, you know, I, I don't, like you said, like, I don't have to engage. I can just not. And more people are reading what I have to say than your comments about the thing that I have to say. So, you know, there you go. That's, that's, that's I, I win, I guess. Did yeah, I win no, the you argument? Have, you just win. with sheer numbers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you win in the eyes of fans like me. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I think I even said to you when I reached out, I've been reading you guys since I was in high school, which if memory serves... It was probably like right around when you took over 05, 06, 07 range, right? Is that yeah, kind of when you um, stepped into the chair? I mean, like a tiny bit of, of Tuppix history is, is the site um, started in 2001 uh, by our good friend Danny Horn. Uh, Danny left Tough Pigs to start the Muppet Wiki, uh, which is the greatest resource that uh, anyone, Muppet fans or otherwise, could ever find. Uh, and uh, he did that in around 2005. And then the site went dark for about a year before... Uh, Ryan Rowe and I took it over. So we started in about 2006, leading into 2007, some, somewhere around there. So we're going on 15 years of, of Ryan and I working on the site. Very particular, interesting chapter uh, right there in Muppet History, because around then they weren't really doing much. But I remember I must have gotten a hold of you guys, um, or at least, you know, I became aware of your your website when that whole save the Muppets campaign got a lot yeah. of attention. Um, let me ask you for a relatively niche fandom. Does it ever amaze you when you find yourself in the center of the news with these like big media outlets talking about what you're oh, writing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's so niche. Um, and uh, you know, we, so uh, save the Muppets was a campaign that went on uh, during Danny's time. So it was, that predates me. Um, I definitely was aware of, I was, you know, uh, heavily involved with tough picks, just about not on the website. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that campaign picked up some national news, which was great and terrible, of course. But the, the thing for me that really put us on the map in a lot of ways was we were the ones who broke the news about Steve Whitmire, um, being let go as the performer of Kermit the Frog and Matt Vogel taking on as the new performer. And, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, we're fielding interview requests from, you know, big news uh, sources. We have every news source that's citing us and linking to us and, in, in, you know, in their articles because we were the ones who broke the news. And um, at first it was really fun. <laughs> at first it was like I was keeping track of every, every mention that we got and it was so cool. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it went, oh, no, this is not fun anymore. This is actually scary. <laughs> like I, we're not prepared for this. You know, we're we're like a little WordPress site. Uh, you know, so there's it's definitely a double edged sword. You know, it's attention it can be good, but too much attention is is you know can drown you. Dude, I have a quick baseball tie into that story, and it's re the uh, the Steve Whitmire story. It's kind of bizarre because I'm this was tw 2017, so my birthday usually falls the same week as the MLB All Star Game. I'm turning 27 at the time, out with a bunch of buddies, celebrating, watching the game. And I want to preface to you 
that not one of my friends is an actual Muppet fan. I mean, they appreciate them for sure. And I've forced <laughs> them to watch a few movies sure. over the years. <laughs> we all yeah. have friends like that in the Muppet fan. They just, they, they respect what we like, but they're not a part of it. But I That's think right. it was yeah. my friend Doug turned to me and said, who's tough pigs? They're saying there's a new Kermit the Frog. I was like, going through my mind, I'm like, hey, Dougie, how the hell do you know tough pigs? And B, what the hell are you talking about? And he showed me his phone and he's got you know, maybe the Washington Post pulled up that you guys broke the news about the firing. Totally distracted me from the rest of the game. My world kind of turned <laughs> upside down. But yeah. you know, on on that subject, because that was such a big thing, did Disney contact you to directly to break that story? And did you have any idea that it was going to, you know, th- throw you into the media in such a big that's a, way? That's a good question. I, I, I'm wondering if I ever talked about this publicly, but uh, here we go. We're going to break it here on, on, on Break the Bat. So, um, uh, I had caught wind of the news before anyone knew. And uh, I remembered a few years back, um, there was uh, Kermit the Frog appeared on America's Got Talent and he was performed by someone else. And like the fans went nuts, like like in a bad way. Like it was, it was really ugly. And I, I kind of heard like there was no real plan to like reveal the new Kermit. And I'm like, this is going to happen again. Like it's going to be the same thing. And like, I don't, Honestly, like, I, I mean, I care, of course, because I know people who work for the Muppets, but like, I kind of don't care about what's going on behind the scenes. I have no control over what Disney wants to do. I care about the fans. Like, I want to make sure that the fans aren't upset or angry or feel like they have to, like, start another Save the Muppets style, uh, you know, campaign. So uh, I found out, I reached out to Disney and they basically told me, look, well, their plan was they like at the time they were doing these uh, weekly short uh, social media videos of like Muppet Thought of the Day. And uh, the idea was like, they were just going to kind of like let Kermit premiere in those things. It was going to be nice and quiet. And I went, that's, uh, it's not going to work. It's going to, it's going to be a huge mess. I said, um, I'll tell you what, what if we tough pigs break the news that way? Uh, we can limit the information that gets released. You can tell us exactly what you want to be out in the world and there's no follow-up because they can ask us all the questions we want. We don't know. We don't have any information, but no one's going to Disney to say, can you expand on that? So um, they said that that's great. They told us the three bits of information were, you know, Steve Whitmire is no longer Kermit, Matt Vogel's the new Kermit, and here's where you'll see the new Kermit for the first time. That was it. Uh, we worked very closely on the exact wording of how that would be and the t- exact timing. We also looped in um, another Muppet fan site, the Muppet Mindset, to release it at the same time, just to make sure that like we were all on the same page, uh, you know, with how and when we were gonna we were gonna talk about it. Um, the problem that we came across very quickly was uh, no one. Well, I guess I guess two problems. One was that no one talked to Steve Whitmire about the news and. Uh, you know, basically to make sure that he's on the same page. Um, so when he started going on talk shows and telling his side of the story, there was nobody on our side. Well, it's not our side. It's Disney's side. Uh, there's nobody on Disney's side to say, uh, you know, well, here's our side of the story. And suddenly it's like, well, we put out those three facts, those three bullet points, and Steve is out there, you know, saying, um, you know, uh, whatever he wants. Um, so that... Became, made the story so much more complicated and it's not even about like what's true or what's not it's really just it just complicated things and we didn't want that we wanted the story to just like here's the facts everyone have you know an emotional reaction to it and then let's make more muppet stuff that's what we wanted um 
the other thing that that kind of screwed uh, uh, screwed everything up there was uh, I think that Disney truly believed that this story would go away very quickly and quietly. And I, I had a feeling it was not. I had a feeling like this was going to be big news. We're talking about Kermit the Frog. Like, that's not nobody. Um, so when it did explode, when the news really blew up, Disney, uh, or at least the people that we were working with at Disney, were completely unprepared. And it took them like a good week or so to like really formulate any kind of statement or response to it. And at that point, like the news cycle has run away with this thing. You, can't, you can say whatever you want. No one's listening. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, for us at Tough Pigs, that was the extent that we wanted to be involved. Um, you know, we report on the news and we do commentary, but we don't talk about things like, um, you know, performers' personal lives or, uh, you know, behind the scenes negotiate. Like, that, that none of that is, is interesting to us. And, like, it's not our business. So we're here to say, like, I mean, here's what we know about the new performer. We're waiting until we can see the new Kermit. Otherwise, you know, we're just kind of watching everyone else spiral. Uh, so yeah, that was that whole that whole experience was one of the craziest and best and worst times of of my tenure at Topics. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to get into who was right and who was wrong, but like the fact that they didn't have a response definitely added fuel to the fire. But did they like consult you guys at all? You know, being that you had such a a pulse of the fan base as to the best way to go about this. Oh, should we get you know, Brian Henson involved, you know, I wasn't, did, were you guys kind of out of the loop once, uh, once you put the news out there? Yeah, completely out of the loop. Yeah. That, and, and, you know, I don't, wouldn't expect them to talk to us about that stuff. It would be neat if they did, <laughs> but you know, I, whenever, whenever I do talk to, you know, my contacts at Henson or, or Disney or, or uh, Sesame, um, I always tell them like, we're here, like, we're happy to like sign an NDA and help you, uh, you know, to formulate a, uh, you know, a product or whatever it is, uh, production that the fans are really going to enjoy. Um, and they've never taken us up on that. That's okay. You know, we, we, we are designed, Tough Picks uh, and, and fan sites in general are designed to be a response to the productions that are put out. So, um, you know, my feelings aren't hurt that they didn't say like, well, Joe, what do you think about the new Kermit? It's like, well, you guys are going to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wonder, one thing I wonder uh, about that is I think at the, at the time, the head of the Muppet studio it was Debbie McClellan. She was out within like a year of that happening. Do you think that there was that one was related to the other? Oh, I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, I mean, we can speculate all we want about that right. stuff. Uh, you know, a part of me wonders, uh, you know, how connected, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I, it's honestly, I, I don't know if I really would have put the two and two together there. It's possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's other performers who've been around a lot longer. Uh, you know, Dave Goals is still with the Muppets. Bill Brett has been involved with the Muppets for many years. And and he's also, you know, credited as a producer. Um, there's some other guys behind the scenes who've been around, you know, for a long time. And I, I you know, it feels like uh, Disney is interested in keeping uh, a lot of the people who have worked with the Muppets to, to keep them working with the Muppets. You know, like we, we want to keep this family together. So, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, if, I guess if there was like three or four or five people who, who were all, all fit in that regard and, and were all let go, then that's like, well, they're clearing house, obviously. But you know, it's two people. It's hard to, hard to draw a pattern from just two. So I don't know, speculate all you want, but I, I honestly don't have any more information than that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's I've I've these like conspiracy theories in my head and everything, but for sure, yeah, <laughs> was cur- was curious <laughs> to hear your thoughts on that. And uh... with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On a lighter note, Joe, let's uh, let's talk some Muppet holiday specials. It's December 6th right now. There's dozens to choose from. In a typical holiday season, how many are you watching each year? Ooh, good question. Uh, you know, there's so many. You're right. There's so many. There's so, so many Muppet holiday specials that I can't watch them all. I, I usually... I usually run out of time. Um, yeah, I probably make it through like four or five a year. Um, it's also like, like you said, it's December 6th right now. It does not feel like Christmas here in New York. Like, and then by the time it does feel like Christmas, it's gonna be like, well, crap, we have like four days and like a lot of like family responsibilities. Like, we're gonna <laughs> sit down and watch all these movies. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I know. It's, I, uh, the one I led with only because, and the, actually the only one I've watched so far this year, unless you include Muppet Haunted Mansion, which I guess is a holiday special, but yeah, I saw it's that a different they, holiday, yeah. different holiday, but I yeah. saw that they uploaded uh, uh, letters to Santa onto Disney Plus, And I had not watched that. No exaggeration since I was in college to 08, 09, whatever it was. Um, I know that one obviously has a bit of a special connection to you because it really put you on, you know, the mainstream with a lot of the Muppet performers. I remember the C. Whitmire interview you did, but I don't know about you, but when you go back and look at that one now, do you feel like it's just like, like too cutesy, like just kind of like the opposite of what the Muppets are about? It like didn't have that edge. And I I don't remember that much from back in the day, but do you agree with that? I, I do. And I, I don't know if I'd say edge, you know, people always use that kind of thing, that kind of phrase for, you know, um, old properties that need to kind of be uh, rejuvenated in some way. And the Muppets, they, they did have an edge, but like, it, it's not an edge. They just need to be a little, have a little more chaos in their lives. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need more of like Pepe making sex jokes, but I do want, you know, like some genuinely, uh, you know, new and interesting uh, content, you know, with the Muppets, you know, whether it's taking risks, the characters are taking risks or the people behind the scenes are taking risks. Like that's, that's what we need. But that special in particular, it felt so safe. Like, and, uh, you know, when people talk about the Muppets, um, they often say, you know, the Muppets are a lot of fun, but they have heart. And there's, I I kind of always go back to uh, like the Muppet movie where like, it's a fun and, and crazy movie. And then you have like the quiet moment of Gonzo singing, uh, I'm going to go back there someday. And like, that's a lovely little moment. And, you know, it, it's great when it's that one little thing, but that special flipped it where like so much of letters to Santa is about heart. 
I think there's even a song where they sing about heart. I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's too much. And then like the fun and crazy stuff is like forgettable because it's drowned out by like, you know, let's do a nice thing for Christmas. Like that's not what the Muppets are. The Muppets accidentally like fall ass backwards into doing a nice thing for Christmas. You know? <laughs> that's right. There it's light the lamp, not the rat, and, and the the mayhem yeah. that goes along with that. Right. <laughs> What's uh one or two specials that or movies that you're gonna watch? Like every holiday season, no matter what. Do you have a few favorites that stand out? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, the one that we definitely watch every year, uh, we, we actually, this one, we start early. Um, my wife's birthday is in late November and her favorite movie of all time is Muppet Christmas Carol. So we always watch Muppet Christmas Carol around her birthday. So that one, we've already checked off the list. Um, and, uh, you know, I love Muppet Family Christmas. We're actually doing, uh, over on Tough Picks, we're doing a daily podcast right now. Where we're reviewing... Uh, Muppet Family Christmas, two minutes at a time. We're doing it um, every day from December 1st to December 24th. So you got plenty of time to catch up. Uh, but that one is just, man, it's a perfect special. It's oh, If you yeah. don't know it off the top of your head, it's the one where the Muppets and the Sesame Street characters and the Fraggles are all there together celebrating Christmas. And, you know, it, you could you could find it on on a YouTubular uh, website if you if you know where, how, to, how, to, how to look it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The one that I, I love revisiting, it's not well known, but uh, there's a special called A Special Sesame Street Christmas. Are you, are you familiar with this one? You know, it's funny. I've never seen it. I think I've seen a YouTube clip with the one with Michael Jackson. And then I yeah. didn't, um, oh my goodness, was it Ethel Merman or Leslie Uggams yep. saying some song with, you know, both of them are the characters? Yeah. Both of them are in it. I haven't yeah. seen the special in full, <laughs> but you like to revisit that one? I love it because it's one of those things where, how the hell did this thing get made? It's so bad. It's so bad, Al. So, okay. So, all right. For, for people who don't know, it, uh, it came out the same holiday season as Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, which is regarded as one of the greatest holiday specials of all time. Mm -hmm. And it was two different production companies and they both wanted to make a holiday special. And Sesame Street was like, I, I don't know. I mean, should we make two? I mean, Maybe if we make two, then one of them will make it to air, which is ridiculous. Nowadays, you don't make something in case it might make it. To, you make it because it, it's already sold, you know? So they got uh, two puppeteers, uh, Carol Spinney and whoever's in the Barkley outfit in near, like for like a second at the end. Um, like I think they got three or four of the, of the Sesame Humans and like even Mr. Hooper like checks out halfway through. He just kind of Will Lee disappears. <laughs> the, the cast list is bonkers. You've got... Uh, Ethel Merman singing Tomorrow from Annie, and she calls Imogene Coca an idiot at one point. <laughs> you have a pre-solo career Michael Jackson showing up with his original nose and hair, yeah. and he like doesn't sing a song. He gives Oscar a book about ghosts. That's that's all he does. Um, you got uh, Leslie Uggams sings a love song to Oscar. She is in love with that guy, and it's not appropriate for this special. Uh, <laughs> What else? Uh, Oscar sings Yakety Yak, which is maybe my favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I, I don't want to say anything else. It, it's just so bad. Oh, they, they also, they got one Smothers Brother, which is my other favorite thing about it. They didn't get both of them. Got I, Smothers. Is it bad? I don't know who the Smothers Brothers are. Oh, you man, you got to look up the Smothers Brothers. Smothers Brothers are the best. They were, they were a comedy duo. And they, they only they got sang, half the duo. <laughs> yeah, they only got half the duo. Uh, and like they try to do this like Christmas Carol parable, but like it doesn't work. And like they, this thing was written in like twenty minutes, and they just did it. It is garbage. So <laughs> it's wonderfully I, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it like very much falls in the, in the camp awful. of so bad it's good. I mean, it's 
it's a delight to, to watch over and over again. Please, please watch it this, this holiday season, everybody. A special Sesame Street Christmas. You think I can find that on the YouTubular in full also? Yeah, it's out there somewhere. I'm sure. I think whoever whoever actually owns it doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you mentioned Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. That one, I mean, yeah, not just great Muppet Christmas special, specials of all time, but I think like definitive like Christmas special Canaan right there. And what I loved about that one, especially as like a young kid, um, it's it's just so synonymous with Christmas to me. And one thing I loved is there was like a very big influence of Jim Henson and Frank Oz on that special, which I think at the time was kind of rare because they were so busy with the Muppet show, like during that late seventies period. But, you know, to have their characters have such major storylines. And I remember, uh, like those scenes that Frank did with cookie monster, like trying to call uh, Santa Claus and destroying the phone and stuff. It's like, it just had that like real Muppet magic coming from every angle. Of course, like the big bird, storyline was amazing too but it feels like you just had like everyone there and it was like i think it's perfection yeah i completely agree and it's interesting the more uh, you know every year when i watch that one and i'm reminded that uh uh there is a storyline like about big bird doesn't know how santa claus gets down the chimney and they're asking all these kids and he ends up going on the roof and he's lost and whatever but it's it's cut with all these other little vignettes, you know, Cookie Monster trying to write the letter and Bert and Ernie trying to get each other gifts and they do a little gift to the Magi thing. And, and like, it's all these like, like intersecting, overlapping, uh, like not really related except, you know, obviously thematically. Uh, and, you know, it's not a movie. It's not like one story straight through. Uh, I, I think it's actually kind of gutsy of them to try something like that. Cause nowadays, you know, if they're going to, if Sesame Street's going to do a, a special, especially a holiday special, it's like, okay, Elmo's doing this thing. We're going through the story that like we'll have celebrity guests and we'll have songs and it'll, you'll know exactly how it flows from A to Z. But this one was a little bit more like, you know, I don't know, haphazard in, in, in an organized way. I don't really know how else to explain it, but it's like from a filmmaking standpoint, I think it's fascinating. One thing that I loved about that too is that Kermit pops up in there. I don't know if I've ever talked to anyone about this, but one of like the things I love about being a Muppet fan is when Kermit pops up when you don't really expect him to. And the other one where that kind of happens is is with Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Like I love seeing sure. Kermit like with those other characters outside of like the main Muppet troupe, like him with the uh, with the River Bottom Nightmare Band and uh, Emmett Otter, just like little stuff like that, like kind of gets me super stoked as a fan i don't know how often you yeah. hear that but i mean so that's uh what, what's what's who's the guy from law and order uh richard belzer's character like you know he shows up in every tv show uh, don't worry about it um I so gotta, i gotta look up that is that like a, a joke that i should know about yeah. i mean yeah so richard belzer's character from law and order has shown up on like dozens of different tv shows not not richard i mean it is richard belzer the actor but it is his character from law and order who's shown up so like there's this theory Man, okay, I'm gonna get way off topic for a second. There's a thing called the Tommy Westfall theory, which is the name of a character from the TV show Saint Elsewhere. Uh, are you are you aware of man? Oh, I'm going on uh, tangent on top of tangent. Are you aware of the the famous finale of the TV show Saint Elsewhere? It, it's like the original, like, like oh, it was all a dream. Talk. No, I haven't. Seen, Don't I worry have about not it. Seen it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the end of Saint Elsewhere, you like the camera kind of pans back. Turns out the uh, hospital, St. Elsewhere, where everything took place, was inside of a snow globe. And there's a kid, his, the character's name is Tommy Westfall. 
Pan's uh, he's an autistic child, and he like it's insinuated that that the whole series took place in his imagination. So the Tommy Westfall theory is well, every TV show that is connected to Saint Elsewhere. Uh, you know, because they they did things like they had characters from other TV shows would like make a cameo appearance or Richard Belzer from, you know, his character from Law and Order or whatever it is. So if those shows also took place in Tommy Westfall's uh, imagination and then all the shows that are connected to those shows and it just bubbles completely out. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of TV shows that all take place in this child's brain. Okay. That's the Tommy Westfall theory. You just blew Richard my mind. Bell- I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I see so, where you're going. So Kermit the Frog is the Richard Belzer of the Muppets where he's been able to be like, okay, like he's on the Muppet show, but he's also on Sesame Street. He also has the connection to Sam and Friends. He also showed up in Emma Otter. He also showed up in the Christmas Toy, which is another great holiday special. Yes. He shows up in the Muppets Musician of Bremen, you know, et cetera. It goes on and on and on. And then, you know, if we're going to continue that, theory of so all these things that are referenced you know like maybe all the tv shows that crossed over with sesame street like they had Wee herman on there uh so like the Wee's playhouse characters are all in the muppet universe and they had uh like uh mike myers playing wayne from wayne's world on an episode of sesame street so now all the saturday night live characters are in the muppet universe and and so on and so forth this is how my brain works, Al. Had, had you thought about, about this before? Or you think you thought about this on the fly right now? I no, I, I I mean, this is something I've been working on. I do want to like flesh this out into a uh, like a topics article, but as you can see, it sounds like crazy talk. <laughs> like, this is this is not the uh, these are not the words of, of a sane man talking about how, you know, I just put the cone heads into the Muppet universe. Like that that doesn't belong. <laughs> Wait, listen, man. I'm sure it's not every day, though, that someone like brings up uh, brings that up to you. It's like, oh, I love this very particular thing about uh, Kermit the Frog. How he'll how he'll be in anything from the Frog Prince, Sam and Otter, to you know, a Sesame Street Christmas special. To you know, like the the fact that I'm so passionate about that, and it gets me so excited. The fact that you like immediately had like something that you were <laughs> working on is so classic. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if you ever heard this before. Well, let me tell you about this. <laughs> well, let me just take your theory, and you know, uh, let me just blow it completely to smithereens, and you know, yeah. Oh, my God, that is so good, man! Holy cow. Um, what was I going to say? So you guys are now, are you going to be working on the, um, on the Muppet family Christmas podcast? Cause I know that I know in the past you've had your partner, Ryan, uh, pretty heavily involved. Are you going to be co-hosting that as well? Yeah. So the way that they've organized this, so like I said, they're doing it daily from December 1st to December 4th, 24th. Um, they're all short episodes because we know it's a lot of like, we're not asking you to listen two hours today. They're like 15 minute episodes. Um, and, uh, the idea is they wanted to, Ryan and Anthony, who are the, the co-hosts, they wanted to do um, just guests who are members of their family. And by family, they mean they mean us. So uh, they did a couple episodes, just the two of them. Then they're doing five episodes with Ryan's wife, Stacy. Uh, they're doing five episodes with Anthony's wife, Roz. Uh, they're doing five episodes with Danny Horn, who uh, was the... Um, founder of Tough Pigs and five episodes with me, not in that order. Uh, but that's that's the idea. So we've we've already recorded ours. Um, it's super fun. I specifically requested to uh, talk about the uh, Fraggle Rock sequence, so oh, nice. we get to geek out about Fraggles for a bit. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. 
Oh, I love that scene. The uh, with pass it on, and then uh, you have Jim Henson yeah. with Sprocket at the end. Like someone better do something uh, about these dishes here, Sprocket. Like I, oh, that, that that's, was, that's that's just perfect, man. I, I what a great moment. What a great special. That special every that, and this is why it's perfect for them to review two minutes at a time. Like every moment of that special is just like Chef's kiss, perfect. Yeah. Oh man. Like I especially when they were they did that medley of. Um, of Christmas songs. And you mentioned the Christmas soy before they did that song. Like it's an everyone. One. Actually it's, um, Oh my God. Why I'm confusing the John Denver. It's an everyone. Yeah, of yeah, us, it's which it's an every, in every one of us was from the John Denver and the Muppets, uh, Christmas special, which is also super fun and sometimes so bad. It's good, but it, yes. that's a good special <laughs> to watch. Uh, no, the, the song from the Christmas toy is, uh, uh, together at Christmas. Old friends, new uh, friends. Yeah. 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 Old friends, yeah. new friends. Yeah. We'll be together at Christmas. I think it might be called Together at Christmas. I'm going to Google it. But yes, we we refer to it as old friends, new friends. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just get like all the chills thinking about that. I, I need to sit down and watch that one this holiday season because I don't think uh, Letters to Santa can be my lone Muppet holiday v- viewing this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this is so this is a bigger topic, but like this is the thing about Disney Plus and how we're very, very lucky that in the past year they put all five seasons of The Muppet Show on Disney Plus, that's like that was the game changer for us. But now that that's done, now that we they finally listened to us after years and years of begging them to release all five seasons of the Muppet Show in some form or another, um, there we're looking back and we're saying, well, well, now there's all these old Muppet specials, all these old Muppet appearances elsewhere that that Disney owns, um, or they could you know negotiate uh, one way or another. Uh, to get onto Disney Plus for us. Um, one of those, of course, being Muppet Family Christmas, which is terrific and we'd love to see it. There's got to be insane rights issues between, because the Muppets are split between three companies now. Not to mention, like, some of those songs are apparently pretty hard to to get the license for. Like, uh, people who might own that special on DVD or VHS might know that, like, a couple of the songs might are missing because, you know, they didn't get the rights to, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town or whatever. Um, but uh, I'd love to see that. And then the, the one that is really glaring to me that has not been on Disney Plus yet is, uh, have you ever seen The Muppets at Walt Disney World? Yes, I have. Oh, that's a great one. Charles Grodin. Oh, it's oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah, With Rizzo, great. I love those scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great special. And like, hey, it's about The Muppets at Walt Disney World. It's a commercial for their own park. They Put own everything. <laughs> There's even like Indiana Jones stuff in there. And it's like, well, now you own Indiana Jones. There's nothing stopping you. Just get it up there. I don't even care if it's like blurry and grainy, like it came right off of YouTube. Like just you know, give give it to us. Let let the fans see it. You know what I mean? Watch, they'll do something stupid like put Muppets Wizard of Oz on there before they put Muppets at Walt Disney. <laughs> Is Muppets Wizard of Oz not on Disney Plus? I have That's not crazy. checked because I haven't cared to watch it. But I, I if memory serves, that might be the last time we saw Clifford, which also comes to mind with uh, like Muppets at Walt Disney World, because I remember he was in the Electric Mayhem for that one. But I think it's like a pretty sad send off for Clifford. He was always a character I liked, and the fact yeah, I always liked Clifford. The I mean, last time he look, appeared, being in that monstrosity. I mean, I, I mean, Steve Whitmire even came on this show and said like it's probably not our greatest work, and I didn't even that was unprovoked. So I think that's a popular opinion, right? Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's there have been things where. Uh, at the time, as these guys are promoting it or working on it, um, and we've talked to them, some of these productions, they're just like, yeah, you know, it's going to be real fun. And then like we wait a year and they're like, oh boy, <laughs> like that, 
that Lady Gaga and the Muppets holiday special is oh. something else. You know? Oh my god. Is that is that worse than uh the uh Michael Jackson Sesame Street Christmas in your eyes, the Lady Gaga? It's it's very bad, but it's not so bad that you want to watch it to like like cringe, you know, it's yeah, you know, like it's 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 just it, it hurts a little bit. You know, that <laughs> one's not fun. I do think that there's a couple of moments in that special that are that are good and worth watching, but not worth watching the whole thing just for those. Right. The, the uh I liked when Kermit and Lady Gaga did Gypsy. Like that was great. But the rest of it, if memory serves, like it was just kind of garbage. And like one bit, and I love Lady Gaga. She's super talented, but it just felt like a big commercial that they got the the Muppets into, which wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't so my from from what I heard, uh, and I don't know how true this is, but from what I heard, um, it started as just a Lady Gaga holiday special, but celebrities kept dropping out. And they're like, well, we don't have a celebrity for this one. So like the Muppets are here. Can we just throw them in the back? Or can we just do another thing with them? And eventually they put the Muppets in so many different scenes. They're like, I think we need double billing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I never heard that. That's I remember yeah. Kristen Bell was there, which no arguments with that. But yeah, uh, no, wow, I yeah, we're, we're, big, we're big fans of Kristen Bell in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, Joe, uh, I could honestly sit here and talk Muppet holiday specials with you all day, but there is a little uh, segment that we use here on Break a Bat to ra- wrap every show. It's sort of like your could be your welcoming to the baseball meets Broadway community. It's uh, called Fastball Derby. Uh, you picture yourself in the ninth inning, games on the line, two outs. Uh, Raldus Chapman is on the mound throwing 100 miles an hour. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind to try to bring home that winning run. You think you can handle it? I do not, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Favorite New York City meal? F- favorite New York City meal? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, uh, man, got to go with uh, bagel, cream cheese, and lox. Classic. Love it. Throw some capers on there, some onion too, tomato. That's, that's my kind of breakfast. There we go. Heck yeah. You can be the lead in one Broadway show. What would it be? Oh, man. Uh, oh, I am not a performer. Um <laughs> Uh, Broadway show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm thinking about this too much for lightning round. Uh, yeah, I always liked Into the Woods. I think I would have I would have been a good. I, I'll I'll be the narrator. It seems like like that's it's not the lead, but you know I could just say some stuff and then uh you know get killed halfway through second act and then I'm out. <laughs> Done. See you at the curtain call. <laughs> team Derek Jeter or Team A Rod? Who? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Derek Jeter was on Sesame street once. I don't know if A-Rod was, I'm going off memory. If someone can correct me if I'm wrong. So I'll go, I'll go with Jeter for that reason. Very fun. Quick tidbit for you. And I don't know if it's, it might be on Muppet wiki, but I remember the Yankees were in Japan at the Tokyo dome opening the 2004 season. It was pretty funny. They had for some reason, like at the Yankees versus Tampa Bay devil race game, they had Kevin clash, in the dugout doing Elmo alongside whoever the Japanese version of Elmo was. And they had, so Hideki, it was a really big deal because Hideki Matsui um, had come over from Japan to play for the Yankees. And this was like his homecoming. And they had, for some reason, they did some bit where like the Japanese, Hideki Matsui was talking to the Japanese Elmo in Japanese. And then he's going back to Kevin doing Elmo in English and speaking like a little bit of English. I never have seen any footage of it though. Have you, have you, does this ring a bell at all? It, it does ring a bell. I, I don't know. I don't know from what or, or where. Uh, I'm assuming you've looked online for it. I've, I've, if it's I on YouTube, looked, I don't know where to point you. But. There's a cool picture of Jeter with Elmo in like a Yankee hat, I think, from yeah. that, like from that series. But 
All right, so you're Team Derek Jeter then because he has an affiliation sure, by with default. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, strangest place you've ever been recognized? Oh, man. Uh, well, I don't get recognized that often. Um, you know, I, this is not really the strangest place, but I will say uh, I was at New York Comic Con once a few years ago and uh, there was a Muppet fan who was cosplaying as me. So that might take the cake. That's a bit surreal, isn't it? Or is it, is it that's, man? A bit weird. <laughs> it's super weird. Super weird. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I am touched. I am honored, but uh, I am I am no one's celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> toughest interview you've ever had to navigate. Ooh, toughest interview I've ever had to navigate. Um, I mean, any of the interviews I did my first few years at Tough Pigs were were the toughest because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, uh, you know, Frank Oz was tough, uh, and that was probably because of the preparation we did. Uh, you know, we, we, we really tried to over-prepare because we know that Frank is notoriously, uh, you know, a tough interviewer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'll go with Frank. The appropriately tough. Yeah, touche. Unrelated to the game, but just want to hear your thoughts on this quick. How different do you think the franchise would be if Frank was still involved? Um. I think creatively it would be it, like it would be a huge hit. Frank would know exactly how to to wrangle the performers and the writers to, you know, to produce like something that was genuinely funny and interesting and good for the brand. Um commercially, I mean I I hope that it would be better. Uh you know, it's it's impossible to say to be honest, but uh you know, I think in a perfect world, you know, I mean there's no going back in time for me, but like in a perfect world, <clears throat> Disney would find a way to bring Frank Oz in and make him, you know, like one of a, of a panel of, of a brain trust that can kind of retrain everybody to, you know, kind of bring back that, that classic Muppet chaos, um, the correct amount of heart and, uh, you know, course correct on some of the characters that have maybe gotten a little bit too two dimensional over the years. Well said. And also um, like, who's going to say no to Frank Oz? Right. Like get Frank in there and he's he'll whip you into shape. <laughs> that is for sure. That's so cool you got to interview him, by the way. I, I, that's uh you guys you guys did a an audio interview with him too, right? That's on your YouTube channel. Yeah, so we did we did an audio interview. So that one was not uh we didn't get to look him in, in the eye like you and I are over Zoom right now. But um I have met Frank Oz a couple of times. Uh literally the first time I ever met Frank Oz was I was walking down the street and I spotted Frank Oz and I got to stop him and say hello and wow. that's incredible that's like a fever dream yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> holy cow that is bucket you never know right there yeah you never know you never know who you're gonna run into keep your eyes open everybody it's true now uh, our final two fastballs here fact about johannes that would surprise people the most oh man fact about me I mean, it's, you know what's funny is like usually my go-to fact is I run a Muppet fan site and people go, what? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> and then they go, why? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, fact about me. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, <laughs> you can edit out my silence here if you want while I'm thinking about something that's reasonably interesting. <laughs> See, I told you this game um, would yeah. be tough, man. Yeah, this is tough. I'm like looking around the room for inspiration. Like, I don't know if I talk about 
like my Nintendo. How about a surprising like, uh, well, you have some really cool (laughs) stuff on the wall there. What's like a surprising like piece of memorabilia that you have up there? Oh, good question. Do I have anything that's surprising? I mean, uh, nothing, nothing within arm's reach, unfortunately. Um, What do I have? Oh, okay. So in the other room, I have uh, a uh, an original uh, program art from the Muppet Show Live that was given to me as a gift recently, which I feel very proud of because it looks like a great piece of art. But it's like, and it's not just like someone took Muppet Show Live and then uh, the uh, the program and then just framed it. Like this is this is the original artwork. Um, so that's pretty incredible. Um, that that might be at the moment my 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 favorite thing that's actually on display. I, I'm sure I have some cool stuff that's like tucked away. I have. Uh, actively tried to curb my my Muppet collection over, over the last few years. Um, you know, I live in New York City. I have a small Brooklyn apartment, um, and there's only so much I can put up. And you know, I don't live alone. My wife doesn't want the, all the walls filled with all of my toys and stuff. Like that's gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta you know hold back once in a while. But then also like sometimes you find something really cool. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got this big bust of animal's head, and it just it just needs to live here. I'm sorry. Oh, I bought I bought not too long ago. Uh, I think it was I think it was last year uh, during the pandemic. A statue of Godzilla that has Cookie Monster's face. And then at the end of the tail is a little Grover face. And it's huge. And Who's making that, by the way? I've seen that thing before because I think you posted about it when you got who Was that like a, a Sesame product? No, uh, it came from Bottleneck Gallery, which uh, I, I don't really know how they work, but they they sell like limited art prints and, and statues and things like that. So I bought it from them. And like, man, it's it's cool and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a joke, we should all be so lucky to have a wife whose favorite movie is The Muppet Christmas Carol. So the fact that you can at least get some of it, you know, on display is a pretty good deal. That's right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the win. Yeah. <laughs> now, Joe, lastly, uh, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? <sighs> best piece of advice gave me. Um, I don't know. I don't listen to people when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the, the best piece of advice really is, um, you know, surround yourself with um, people who make you better. Uh, you know, I, I, I've often said, uh, you know, I don't have time for, for people who don't make me a better person or who don't, you know, actively, um, you know, feed my, my creativity or my, or my, the love of life or whatever it is. Um, you know, there are people out there who, uh, you know, not that they're going to take advantage, but like some people are energy sucks. Some people don't jibe with you the way that you want them to. Some people you've just been friends with for so long that it, it's almost become like a frustrating relationship. And then there are people out there who will feed your creativity, people who will make you, um, you know, a, better at your job people who will uh give you the joy that you need to get through the day um you know i think if you can find your people and just surround yourself with them and then feed them in return um it's going to make you a happier person it's going to make you better at your job it's going to make you happier with your hobbies it's going to make your muppet fan site better it's going to make your baseball podcast as great as it can be just surround yourself with people who make you better and then give it back in return Joe, it's awesome stuff. And I think that there's a reason why I've been reading your work for like literally half my life now, it seems. And uh, dude, this was just such a pleasure. We got to make it a tradition to have you come into the batter's box. Thank you for being here, man. Of course. Yeah, this was a blast. Have me back anytime. 
you know, I next time I'll try to do a little bit of research on on baseball facts before, um, and then I'll 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 impress you with you know all the things I know about um, home runs and outs and sliding sliding into third and other baseball terms. <laughs> You got yourself a deal. And hey, if it makes you feel any better, more than 100 episodes into this show, this is the first time that anyone's ever brought up a mascot. So there you go, oh, man. I think you hit a home run tonight. <laughs> awesome. I'll take it. <laughs> Love it. Joe, thank you so much, man. And for all the folks at home who want to connect with you and Tough Pigs and all the cool stuff that you're up to, where's the best place for them to find you? The best place is toughpigs.com. Uh, we are also on all the coolest social media channels uh your your twitters your facebooks your instagrams etc at tough pigs uh pretty easy um we also have a patreon if you like us enough that you want to throw a few bucks our way um that's patreon.com slash tough pigs uh i don't know anything else we we put our email addresses at the bottom of every article so feel free to reach out personally awesome stuff joe thank you again my man and uh thank you to all the uh break a bat heads that listen to us tonight uh, this is Al Malafrante signing off from the Break a Bat Holiday Block Party. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.